You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. finds me on every side. I speak as the oracle of God and I speak with grace that only God supplies. Let there be illumination. The light of the glorious gospel shining in us bring us revelation in Jesus name. Amen. Okay. Genesis chapter 1 1 to 5. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 to 5. Then Genesis chapter 1 verse 14 to 16. And then Genesis uh, 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 verse 1 to 6. And then Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 to 7. Genesis 1, 1 to 5. And I'll be using the TLB, the living version. Genesis 1, 1 to 5. Genesis 1, 14 to 16. 2 Corinthians 4, 1 to 6. And then Genesis 3, 1 to 7. Okay, so Genesis 1, 1 to 5. When God began creating the heavens and the earth, the earth was a shapeless, chaotic mass with the Spirit of God brooding over the dark vapors. Praise God. So, this is the beginning of creation. There is no other beginning than this beginning. If anybody talks about any other beginning, tell them the Bible never said so. Is that okay? Yes. The word of God defines what is and what is not. Praise God. So any document anybody else would use, it is either confirming what the word of God is saying or it is not to be relied upon. Is that okay? Is that okay? Yes. So please get this clear. There are many people now talking about so many things and using the apocrypha and all of that. Please make sure you don't identify with these documents. They are not authentic. Amen. Okay, so Genesis means beginning. Is that right? Okay, good. So 
the word shapeless, chaotic mass, dark vapors, all of that were descriptions in English language. But in the Hebrew, the word is tohu bohu. Tohu bohu. Which means shapeless. Which means nothing. So, everything that Moses, the writer of Genesis, was seeing was nothing. <laughs> Are you getting the point? Yes, he was seeing nothing. A command was given. Is that right? And when the command was given, light showed up. And God was pleased with the light. Is that right? Is that what he said? God never spoke about the darkness. Oh, reason with me. Did God speak about the darkness? No. God was pleased with their light. Wow. And the darkness, nighttime, that is the light. He called the light daytime. And <laughs> the darkness, what? Night time. We are going to check this daytime, nighttime. And we are going to check the light. So we can understand what I'm going to tell you. Praise God. Let's go to verse 14 now. Let's all read. Go. Then God said. Mm -hmm. So the first is, you see a plural. The first one was one. Is that right? Let there be light. Now this one says, let there be what? Lights. Is that correct? Okay. Now, to do what? Go. In the sky, to give what? To give what? Light to the earth. And to so now we are going to identify the day and the night. So when he said daytime and nighttime, how did he identify daytime and nighttime? 
Because then, there was not the sun and the moon that calculates seasons and mark the days and years. Is that right? No, am I making sense? Or it doesn't make sense? I should come again. I should come again. In Genesis 1, verse 5, we saw that Moses said the light and the darkness was divided. Is that right? And it became daytime and what? Nighttime. Ah. Is that, is that it? Daytime. And nighttime. Okay. If that was literal, and that was what it really is, God is now creating the sun and the moon. That would divide day and night. It is the shining of the sun that makes day. Is that right? And the, and the shining of the moon that makes what? Night. So if Moses was literally just talking about day and night, then how did he calculate it? Because the sun was not created. The moon was not created. Oh, praise God. Is that clear? Sheila, do you understand it? Okay. So, now, he's about to identify the day, the night, that shall bring about what? Seasons on the, and then mark the days and. So, what was the first one? Is that a good question to ask? What was the first light? What was the first night that Moses was talking about? Now, listen to this. The New Testament that all of us read is only the explanation of the Old Testament. Nothing was added. Praise God. Are you understanding me? So you see that every time Apostle Paul is speaking, anytime Peter is speaking, anytime any of the apostles were speaking, they will quote the Old Testament to give authenticity to the New so they will say, according to what is written in the scriptures. When they are talking about the scriptures, they are not talking about the whole Bible. Because when they were talking about the scriptures, the Bible was not written. Oh, hello? So anytime you see 
that they said, and the scriptures said, they are not referring to the whole Bible. They are referring to quotations or verses or chapters or books in the Old Testament. Is that okay? So, what it is is that in the Old Testament, so many things were concealed. And they were revealed in the New Testament. So God gave Apostle Paul, Peter, you, you, I'll talk about that later. And so they found revelation as to what God was talking about in the old. Are you getting the point? Because the centrality of the Bible was Jesus. So Jesus is to be revealed. So the day Jesus was revealed, everything now began to make sense. Because Jesus is the promise of God for mankind. Oh, praise God. Are you getting the point? So, Apostle Paul is now going to tell us what this first light was. Go to 2 Corinthians. I said from one to six. Okay, let's all read together. Go. It is God himself in his mercy who has given us this wonderful work of what? Telling his good news to others so we never give up. Next. Go. We do not try to trick people into believing. We are not interested in fooling anyone. We never try to get anyone to believe. Are you ready with me? I can't hear you. Go. We are not interested in we never try to get anyone to believe that the Bible teaches what it doesn't. All such shameful methods we forego. We stand in the presence of God as we speak. So and so we tell the truth. As all who know us will agree. Next. Go. If the good news we preach is hidden to anyone, it is hidden from the one who is on the road to eternal life? Death. Hello? It is he. It is. So. Blindness. Is that right? It's a mystery. Is that right? It is dark. Is that right? Eh? Yes. Okay. Go. Satan, who is the God of this evil world, has made him blind. Has made him, has made him, has made him dark. Is that right? Has made it a mystery to them. Is that right? Okay. Unable to see the glorious light of the gospel 
that is shining upon him and to understand the amazing message we preach about the glory of Christ, who is God. Hello? Okay. Next. Go. We don't go around preaching about ourselves, but about Christ Jesus as Lord. All we say of ourselves is that we are your slaves because of what Jesus has done for us. Hallelujah. Okay, now let's look at the six. Everybody, open your eyes. Go. For God, who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made us understand that it is the brightness of his glory that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. So when God said, let there be light that he commanded in Genesis 1, it is talking about Jesus, the glory. And so, right from when he created, he separated the glory from the darkness. So, anybody that receives Jesus lives in the glory. Anybody that rejects Jesus lives in the darkness. And that is why anytime you see in the Bible and he's talking about the kingdom of the devil, he says it's the kingdom of what? Darkness. And when he's talking about the gospel or Jesus, he says it's the kingdom of what? Light. Are you hearing me? So when Adam and Eve were created, they were created in the light. Are you getting the point? Are you getting it? Okay, let's go to Genesis. Chapter 3. So you can understand. Let's go read. Go. The serpent was the craftiest of all the creatures the Lord God had made. So the devil came in the guise of who? The serpent. We'll talk about that. Not today. Go. So the serpent came to the woman. Really? He asked. None of the fruit in the garden, God says you mustn't eat any of it. Is that what God said? If we go back, he didn't even talk about fruit. He talked about tree. You see, I told you that the devil has no power. He only has tricks. So you see, right from <laughs> creation, 
the devil outwitted man not by power but by deception. He didn't use any power. Listen, any power the devil had, we gave it to him. Because God created us in the light. When he talked about creating man in the image and likeness of God, he was talking about creating man in the image of Christ Jesus. Because Christ Jesus is the express image of God. Are you hearing me? And so that's how man was created. But the angels were created as the messengers of men. Hello? But the devil was coveting the position of man. And so came to deceive man and usurped man's position. Are you hearing me? So, anywhere you see in scripture, when he's talking about he wants to be like the most high, it is human beings that were created like the most high. And the devil wants to be like the human being. (laughs) Are you understanding me? Are you getting it? Because the devil can nowhere say he wants to be like God. He wants to be God. No, it's not possible. Yes. So he wants to be like human beings who are like God. Let me land. Go. So we are continuing. Go. Of course, we may eat it. Now, the point is this whole thing in itself is a disaster. Because that person was created to serve you. That person was not created to teach you. To instruct you. Are you hearing me? It's only the fruit from the tree at the center of the garden that we are not to eat. God says we mustn't eat it or even touch it. Did God also say that? All of them are adding. Or we will die. Next. No, he comes in. That's the deception. It's a lie. That's a lie. The serpent hissed. You will not die. Oh, hello? You will not die. Oh, really? You will not die. So now, the serpent is speaking against what God has said. Okay. Look at what happened. God knows very well that the instant you eat it, you become like him. 
Now, the point is that they have already been created in the image. Are you getting the point? Good. Now, all they needed to do was to now exercise their will. So, they have been created in the image of God already. But because God gave man his will, man should exercise, man should choose. Are you getting it? That's the essence of worship. So, man is now to choose to believe what God has said. And then eat the tree of life. And the moment man eats the tree of life, he begins to live sustainably in the will of God. Are you getting the point? So, don't think that they ate the tree of life sometime. And then they ate this one too. No. Because the Bible said the moment they ate from the tree of knowledge, good and evil, an angel went to guard the tree of life. So they don't eat it. So you see, all that was left was that man would exercise his will to make their choice. Believing. He says, God knows that when you eat, your eyes will be open. And you'll be able to distinguish what? Ah. Did they need that? They have been created in good. And they didn't even know what is bad. Because everything about them was good. Even if it was bad, it was good. Oh, you don't get this. <laughs> look, at, look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. It's getting more excited. The, the woman was convinced. How lovely and fresh looking it was. And it would make her so wise. So she ate some of the fruit. She bought the, all of these are just symbols. They are just imageries. They are not trees proper standing there. So they are not literal. So don't interpret them, interpret them as a tree sitting down there. And No. All it means is she saw the idea. They were exchange of words. She sold the idea to the husband. The husband bought into it and ate it. Because we are talking about faith here. GD, GD, GD. Take and eat. That's what faith represents. Is that right? So eating. So she ate. When somebody feeds you an idea and you take it, you've eaten it. They ate. So she ate some of the fruit, gave some to her husband, and he also ate it too. 
Next. And as they ate it, suddenly they became aware of nakedness and were embarrassed. What tree did they eat from? Knowledge of good. And so now they know that they were naked. But all this while, they have been naked. But they did not know because they were living in the glory. They were living in the light. And because they were in the light, their nakedness did not embarrass them. Their nakedness did not show as embarrassment. But they had been naked all this while. So when a person takes Christ, it doesn't mean they don't make mistakes. But the glory covers their mistakes. Because they are living in the light. And God does not record. And that's why Abel was called righteous. Cain was called a sinner. It was not because of their acts. It was because Abel believed God. And it was counted to him as righteousness. Cain did not believe. And because of that, he was called a sinner. Abraham believed God. Abraham went to lie. But it was not counted against him. Abraham went to cheat. It was not counted against him. God still gave his promise to Abraham and he fulfilled Abraham's promise because Abraham was living in the light. So you see, Adam and Eve's sin did not affect any human being. That came by the law. When there was no law, there was no sin. So when David said, in sin did my mother conceive, he was speaking under the law. When Paul said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory, go back, you see that he was talking about the law. But look at Noah. Look at Abraham. Look at Abel. All of them that came before the law, he never counted their sin against them. Because they were believing that Jesus, they had not seen in person. Are you here with Listen. Listen. Adam showed us the pattern of disobedience, of unbelief, 
that anybody who rejects Christ will live in darkness. That is why God is so just that God will not put a sin on a child who is born. <laughs> and so some of you ask the question, oh, when somebody dies, a child, would you go to heaven or not? It's not a question to ask. Because Adam's sin didn't affect the child. So the God, God sees that child as righteous until he gets to the point that he has, the, he has to exercise his will to make the choice to choose between life and death. That's what Joshua put before the people. I have put before you life and death. That's what Moses, Joshua was telling them. And he said, choose life. Just as God told Adam and Eve in the garden. What I just want you to know is this. The day you receive Jesus, you had God's attention. You moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Oh, praise God. Listen. And the moment you are in the light, when the darkness was there, the spirit of the Lord was moving, but it was not doing any work. But the moment the light showed up, the spirit started working. Are you here with me? That's why Jesus said that the spirit will never do anything except what I have instructed him to do. The Holy Spirit only works when the believer receives light. The light of the glorious gospel. Now, you have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, because of Christ in you, will work. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you here with me? Yes. And so what you say, for which is your inheritance, the Holy Spirit will work it. Oh, are you here with me? All you need to do is to call. By that same faith, you believe Jesus. By that same faith, you release the Holy Spirit to work. We have 23 minutes. And this 23 minutes, when you didn't know him,
there was a barrier. Now there is no barrier. He said, come to him. You come to the throne of grace. And you find mercy and grace to help in time of need. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is at work. Tonight, if you know you have free access, then you will release like never before. Are you here with me? I don't know what is standing in your way. I don't know what feels like it cannot move. I don't know what feels like it cannot be touched. I don't know what makes you feel like you are stuck. It can move. You have not known who you are enough to call it to order. Say, oh, Jesus Christ died. What did Jesus Christ die? What did he do? Do you know what Jesus did? Jesus just restored it. What the enemy usurped, he just turned it back. Now, that's why, now that's why I said the devil is under your feet. Do you know what the serpent was? The serpent was cursed. Is that right? Is that right? Yes. It represents who? The devil. Condemned. Are you getting the point? And he said that the seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. It shows that I am coming. That whatever you think you have done <laughs> will be turned around. Are you getting the point? So man has his restorative power. In Christ Jesus. And the enemy now is under your feet. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Whatever he used deception to take from you, Christ has taken back for you. Whatever is called a barrier standing in your way, it cannot say it won't move. It doesn't have the audacity. It will move. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, Lead Pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth. Come